podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Unplugged. Well, you know it's a you know it's an important day. Gab's in the office, so you know got to be over yourself now, guys. All up, me passes on. That's how important it is. Gav, how you doing? I'm great. Um, the best golf tournament in the world is currently ongoing. Stuart Sink has just had a hole in one at the 16th, I think. Um, ah, it's fucking amazing golf tournament. Love it. <laughs> Luke, obviously, I can tell you're exhilarated by this thought of golf, and obviously, I know Kev's massively into his golf. And Gav's going to educate me because he knows I know nothing about golf. Yes, yeah, I do. But I do know the Masters. Is yeah. The only thing I know about golf is I know, I know Masters is massive. So, yeah. Colin and Gav, you're the main man. That's what, got you, that's what you jumped on for. Let, let's You explain to a look out like me all about the Masters. Um, listen, uh, there's people out there that won't be into golf. They might be into golf a little bit. If there's one tournament you watch during the year, it's the Masters. You know, um, I think it's the best golf tournament of the year by your country mile. Um, you know, people will talk about every two years the Ryder Cup comes along, and that's that's sound. The Ryder Cup is on its own is is just some spectacle. But the Masters, by for me, is is the best golf tournament in the in the world. It's the best one on the calendar. It's the fourth major of the year. Um, they had to play it in November in two thousand and twenty because of COVID and. The, the course was soft and it just changes everything. The whole thing about Augusta is it's immaculate. The, the colours of green is just different to anything you see anywhere else in the world. Um, if the sun comes out, it gets really it gets re- really warm. The course gets really dry, really fast. And players that are like exceptional at this game just made to look idiots at times. Um, but at the moment, you know, we're about we're coming towards the end of the day too. Um, Tiger Woods is, looks like he made the cut. The cut is set around three over at the minute. Fifty, the top fifty plus tires get into the weekend. Tiger Woods should make it. Rory McIlroy should make it. Um, Scheffler, who's number one in the world at the minute, um, he's he's leading at the minute, and he, he's been. He's in fairness to him, he's been really solid over the first two days. But um, it's just brilliant. And when tomorrow comes, and Sunday comes, and you know if the rain stays away. And it and it warms up a bit, and the sun comes out, and the wind picks up. If the wind picks up, it just leads to carnage, Chris. For two days, solid, it leads to carnage. And there's fellas that are going around the turn on the tent with four stroke leads, and before you know it, they're losing. It's um, Don Bailey says I've read somewhere the course was prepped ready for the following year, the day after the last day. Um, the setup on the course is exceptional. Like you seen last night, there's fellas walking up the 18th, and over the whole rest of the course, there's people walking the other 17 holes, and they're um, it's it's uh, they're they're manicure and everything. It's it's fucking unbelievable. But golf was 
Sheffield's looking really solid. Um, today is a really hard scoring day. The wind has picked up. The course is drying out. They have got this unbelievable drainage there where they can suck moisture out of the air from underneath uh, underneath the, the playing surface, which is ridiculous. But um, it's just brilliant. Go and watch it. You know, not now. Watch this now. But um, <laughs> over the weekend, over the weekend, keep your eye on the Masters because yeah. um, the excitement that leads to it is just brilliant. I'll tell you what, the sports weekends go. This is right up there for, well, you got the Grand National tomorrow. You got Formula One in Australia overnight. You've got UFC 273. You've got a huge Premier League weekend this weekend. I mean, there's so much riding on half a dozen games this weekend. There isn't an event on a sports fan that isn't covered by this weekend in some way, shape, or form. You know, I mean, your Sundays should be very easy to plan out and then round it off coming in here on a Sunday night. You know, you can't go wrong. Um, the way that course is though with the with Amen Corner, the, those three holes that tends to decide an awful lot of the Masters tournaments. You see leads given up, you see charges made, and anything can happen there. So it's one of those courses. You know, you go behind the red button on Sky, and you can just watch those three holes. It's some. It's phenomenal, and it is you're right. It is the most stunning golf course. It, what what the fuck just happened? I moved myself to the top left because people in the chat are fucking they're, they're freaked out. Right? Yeah, but he's, he's, not, he's not hosting tonight, so he's back in his Did the host go on? He's going to the top left. Well, you always yeah. the top left when you're hosting, so. All right, okay, we'll leave yeah. me in the top right. Uh, who do you fancy for it? I mean, two days two days down, two days to go. <sighs> Kev, it's so hard. Um, Can you see a late charge coming from... Because the thing is, yeah, it's, but if you look, if you look tight. like... Neiman, the is tight. The, the, it's really tight. Shane, Shane Lowry wasn't having the best of times. He's actually two off the lead now. He's going up 14 at the minute. You have um, Jakob Neiman, who is really, really solid. He's a really, he's actually a really um, exciting player. He's he's just gone to three under. Um, he's one off the lead with six to play. Sheffler, though, is, is leading it by one. He still has eight, seven, eight, eight holes to play. Um, Matsuyama, who won it last year, he's only two off the lead. Um, you, you know, Cordy Connors from Canada is a really... Great ball striker. Morikawa is still there under under par. Danny Willett, the, he won it in 2016, I think. Um, he was he was three or four under at one time. He's gone back to one under, but it doesn't really matter if you if you can keep her in four or five of this going into the last day, you have a chance yeah. because all you need to do is put a score on the board, and you don't know what's going to happen. You could come out on the you could come out early on the Sunday, and the, it could be perfect conditions. You could walk in to to the clubhouse. You know, give your into the score intent. Give your score, turn around, and it could gust up. It could gust up to and I'm thirty miles an hour. And the problem with Augusta is, is because it's so tree lined. Some cars you go out and play on, you know it's windy. You know, it's you just feel it. It's very hard to feel it in at the Masters because it's, there's so many trees, high trees close to you, that what you think is fairly still is not the case when the ball goes up in the air. So um, it's. It, it just has the perfect mix of everything, Kev. If I was like, there was a couple of players I fancied over the weekend. Um, I did. I always like Abraham Answer, the Mexican. He's he plots his way around. I'm not too. Sure. I'll tell you where he is now. Um, answers answers dropped off completely today. Um, I did like Neiman and I liked Adam Scott. Um, and Adam Scott is still hanging around, but. Scotty Scheffler looks so strong at the minute. He really does. He, I watched an interview earlier on today with um, Nick Faldo, and he was talking about Rory McIlroy, that 
if he could sort out his putting game, he has everything else. He's playing really well. He just can't. He's short game. He's putting is just can't do it for Toffee at the minute. But the, by all accounts, he's he's tee to green is really good. What I'm noticing with McElroy is I think McElroy sits a tree over and he'll make the cut and he could genuinely be within six of the lead and that sounds an awful lot. Um, you know. Even seven sounds an awful lot. But if you can drag that back by two shots on a Saturday and go in four, five behind, you ha- as I said, you have a chance. Yeah. McElroy... changes on Sunday as well. It, it, yeah, it's very hard to to criticise people's putting at Augusta. But the, the greens are so fast. Um, none of them are flat. Um, they're big greens, but the landing areas in them where you can actually get close to pins are really, really small because of the undulations and stuff like that. McElroy's biggest issue is his wedge play. Um, he he looks very tentative when he's hitting them. Other players are hitting the ball hard, even on short shots. They're hitting them hard and they're fizzing them in there, which means they can. Con- they're brilliant golfers, so they can control the ball, spin it, keep it in certain areas. McIlroy seems to be gliding stuff in there, and it's bouncing and running away from him, and he's it's hurting him. Um, but he's just he's just um. I don't know if McIlroy will figure unless he does something special tomorrow. If I was to pick one though, um. If if Lowry gets going, he has a chance. If Lowry comes out of this tree under today, um, he has the short game at Augusta to to do real oh, that damage. That'd be some Sunday night. He that'd has some because he he has he's brilliant hands when he plays golf. His touch and feel and his control of the ball around the greens are good. If he comes out with this, we're in two with the lead and and keeps it the same at the end of tomorrow night. He's a real chance. But, but Scotty Scheffler looks just so so solid at the minute. He's he's hitting every ball where it's meant to go. He's taking he's attacking when he needs to. He's laying back when he needs to. Um, now I could say that, and he could he could go down and fucking hit triple bogey now. But that's a gusto for you. Anyone can do it at yeah. any time. So um, it's very hard to pick a winner at the minute. They always say Augusta doesn't really start till the Saturday night. But um, I can't help myself. I've watched nearly every fucking shot yesterday and today. I just absolutely love it. And um, I'm hoping Tiger Woods makes the cut. And we'll see how we get on the weekend. It was a phenomenal story yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, when you look at from the time he had his accident to when he played his father-son pro-am in yeah. Florida. Yeah. That was four months ago. That was the first time he'd hit a golf yeah, ball. Yeah, 508 days since he's officially hit a golf ball in a, in a, yeah. in a ranking tournament. Um, his last one he hit was actually, I think, at Augusta um, in just after 2020 because that was when he played in November. Um but like his left leg was shattered. Like he can't walk. You can see yeah. his left, his, sorry, his right leg. His right leg, he just, he just can't. You can see it. It's he's hobbling on it, and um, because it's being completely rebuilt. He said yesterday after yesterday's round, he hasn't had a day off. Um, if he gets up in the morning, the leg doesn't feel right to do upper body work. You know, if the leg feels okay, they go out and drive. And they, but, but the practice he put in is ridiculous. Like they're practicing yeah. seven, eight hours a day on loads of different things. They're training, physical training. Um, but it's a, it is a great story, and there was a there was a bit of, you know, oh, oh, there's an awful lot of Tiger Woods on here. This man is the best player that's ever played the game. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, he's the best player that's ever played the game. He's revolutionised the game of golf, and that's not because of the colour of his skin. It's because of the player he is. Um, and if he turns up after 500 days against the world's best, and he's able to hang with them... Um, in that, in this sort of environment, it just shows how good he is, and I think it's a great story. My only doubt over Tiger Woods where he can walk that course four times. Um, it's very up and down. It's very hilly. It's it's hard on the legs, even though they're they're athletes now and they're they're really um they're really strong. It's a hard walk 
Yeah. You know, and people might laugh at that and try and go, well, you fuck off. You know what I mean? It's a hard walk. But genuinely, it is. It's a lot of up and down. There's nothing flat in Augusta. Just no, the the just talk not. was that it was the um, the open that he was going to target. Yeah, if because it was at St. Andrews. Because yeah. it's St. Andrews and it's, and it's flat, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, his, his game is really geared for those type of courses. You know, the Lynx courses. The, um, and St. Andrews isn't... The monster it was, you know, it, the way the modern golf has gone, you know, the players hitting 300 plus yards with accuracy, you know, that wasn't when, when I first started watching golf, you know, it was 280, 290, and then they were hooking it and fading it all over the place. These guys are hit, are monster hitters. They are, you know, but, but when it comes to, but, but they always. Augusta is a leveler. Augusta is a leveler. Yeah, but, but the thing about St. Andrews, if you go there and play or you play any links golf, a lot of people um, won't play drivers off tee. They'll play irons. I think Woods went and won an open, and I think only took his driver out four or five times in the yeah. four days because he just hits irons, and he hits them really well, and he gets that run on that Lynx course, and it runs away, and, and they do stuff like that. But there is, there's fellas out there in that bomb in a 350, 360, no problem. You know what I mean? And it's, it's ridiculous. But, but um, we'll get away from the golf talk now, but yeah, go and watch it. Um, if you get a chance, there's so many players starting to creep up the leaderboard, and genuinely only takes one fella to have a nightmare on one hole, and everything, um, everything, everything comes change, back yeah. into it. Uh, Kevin Borland asked, "Why the fuck aren't we talking about Man City versus Liverpool? What is this shit? It's sports unplugged, yeah. mate. Um, we talk yeah. about sports, and it clearly showed on the description that we talk about the Masters, and it clearly showed on the graphic that we will have the Masters. So this is the Masters. We're finished with it now. I don't know who's going to win, Kev." Because you've asked, I don't know, but that's the joy of it. You don't know until they're literally tapping in on the 18th when you know that's the winner. Because it, it gets, it'll, I think this one will go right to the war. Cool. So, see, we'll talk about the biggest game of the weekend just for Kevin. Uh, we're going to talk about Everton, Everton against Man United. <laughs> that is the biggest game of the weekend. Wow. That's for us anyway. And that's oh. the other reason Gav's on. So, Gav, first of all, because I know these two below let us down. Did you watch the game midweek? Fucking right, I did. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch. I think it was Real Madrid and Chelsea and Bayern and Villarreal were on the same night. I couldn't. Get, I couldn't tell you. Wasn't didn't having it. a bar of it. Um, <laughs> all I could do was think about Burnley against Everton the other night. Um, because as much as I'm on board for Liverpool winning a quadruple, I'm literally jumping off at the odd stop to jump on the Everton relegation bus um, just to do a lap of the shops or wherever it might be aboard that bus. Um, well, at least Shockley declares. Like, he says, "No, oh, no, please talk more golf." No, I'm not allowed. Um, <laughs> Andy O'Chill wants to go back to golf. No, we're not allowed because um, people are giving out. Um, can we ban Gav from Friday? Says Red Steve. Jesus, relax, <laughs> yeah, right? I won't come back on. Um, but yeah, I watched the Chris, and I, I don't know. I don't know where. Um, I, I'm starting to wonder. I, I think to go down. I think they go down. I think they're in a, an awful position. And people are like, some Everton fans are defending Frank Lampard and I get where they're coming from. Because this isn't this isn't the thing where Everton were doing okay and Frank Lampard coming in now to do shit. Um, this is a manifestation of something that's going on for many years. Pick a number. That's how long it's going on for. Um, you know, the owner hasn't 
done himself any justice in the money he spent, who he spent it on, who he's brought into the club, who he's given responsibility to. The fact that Bill Kenwright is still there having a say is utter madness, in my opinion. Um, Frank Lampard has a set of players that haven't turned up for everything in years. But Frank Lampard was brought in to change that, and he hasn't done it whatsoever. So he's just the wrong appointment because he's not a football manager, in my opinion. I think he was a good exercise at Derby because of the experience he had with being able to go and take players off Chelsea in the loan market and stuff. He was a PR exercise at Chelsea um, when they had a transfer ban and he, they, no one else was going to take it. And it kind of, um, you know, plumazed the, the, the fan base. And then it quickly went sour when he was given money to spend and they had an expectancy again. And now he's at Everton and, you know, they were going to get that guy, and I always forget his name. I want to say Pereira. Um, yeah, Pereira. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. um, exactly before they even. Yeah, and then they done. Then they had a big. It looked like a, it just looked like a queue outside the chipper, but it was an actual. Um, it was an actual match they had on Goodison, and because Frank Lampard gets them, now Duncan Ferguson gets them, but Duncan Ferguson isn't going to keep everything up, you know. Andy Gray gets them, but they're not going to put Andy Gray in. Frank Lampard doesn't get them. Frank Lampard has nothing to do with everything. Never has. Um, and like he's the, the big thing for me today is he's coming out with comments like, um, you know, they live and breathe this, and I'm only here five minutes, and now I live and breathe it. And then he's taking criticism from Neville Southall, going, "Oh, he's a legend that we want to get to that level." And, we want, and I'm kind of going, "Yeah, you're trying to please too many people now. You should be telling Neville Southall to fuck off, right? Mm. That's what you should be doing." And you should be turning around and going, listen, I, I can't be talk I can't be talking about the fans and this that I'm here to try to do a job. It's too nice. Um it's 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 too much of how do people view me from Frank Lampard. And they've had two wins and seven defeats in his first nine league games. Yeah. They've taken they've taken they took ten points in the first four games this season. They've taken fifteen in the next 24 league games. They are in serious, serious, serious trouble. And United this weekend must win. Could you rely on United? Possibly not. But United must win because it's one chance where United can really kind of stay on the tails of Spurs and Arsenal and hope to take advantage when those teams play each other. But if if you're a betting man going into this weekend, you you're not wrong. putting anything. No, you're betting nothing on everything to win. Not a fucking no. chance. I mean, the thing is, the way I see it, there's ways of losing games. You know, any side can lose games. If you're in mid-table or bottom half of the Premier League, you can lose the odd few games. You can go on a run of two or three or four games losing, but there's ways of losing. That loss to Burnley, and the fact that they only scored two penalties, they never looked like creating anything from open play. They're... Their debt is masked by a stadium that'll never get that'll never get built. They really, yeah. really and truly should be deducted points for they the financial and trying to focus on what's going I mean, on behind the scenes. I think it, I think a stat came up at half time. Burnley hadn't won a game when they were losing at half time all season. I think it was even into last year. That was the first time. It, I mean, sure, Sean Dyche is obviously like a pick and shit. Um, with his line, I told the guy. I told the guys these don't know how to win it, which I thought that could bite you in the ass at some point. That because let's be honest, Burnley haven't shown how to win many yeah, games. Burnley but, aren't safe yet. But from, Luke, question for you, and this is not me 
at least partly me having a bit of a wild. <laughs> also, I've heard this said now on two Everton um, social media, sorry, YouTube channels. Is the worst thing to happen to Everton, Farad Mashiri? Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably be careful what you wish for when you ask for a sugar daddy who you think is going to spend loads of money and who you think is going to care about the club. And what's happened is he spent loads of money. He's hired loads of different people, Steve Walsh from Leicester, Marcel Brands. They've all spent money, spent it horribly. They're on the verge of going down. And probably that was the worst thing that has happened to them because there's like there's Mashuri and then there's Kemwright. They're both arguing about what vision they want to take the club. Kemwright wants like a British manager. Mashuri just wants all the fancy names, the Angelotti's, Hamas Rodriguez, and they're still clashing with each other about what they want. And and whilst they're clashing, the team is just an absolute mess on the pitch. And the okay. fans the board what to do with the board's going, Yeah, yeah, should listen to that and yeah, let's go and get Frank, who's got no experience of a relegation battle. Like, is, this go- is this going back to the Everton way? And we've heard about the Everton way. I mean, me and Gav... What's the Everton way? Before, before Klopp came, we talked about the Liverpool way. Me and Gav talked about it loads. That used to be the answer to a lot of things. It's the not West the Liverpool way. way. Oh, the West Ham way. There's always too much of a hark into how things were in the past, but there's no context of what it should be in the future. I mean, yeah. Gav, you and me have talked about it. United have got a very similar problem, not financially, but structurally. It's a similar situation with them at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the, all the talk this week has been about them bringing in uh, Ten Hag from Ajax, which in itself is a good appointment. Good manager. He's, a good, he's, he's a good manager. He's, he's good at developing a squad. But the problems, I've said it for a long time now, the problems in Manchester United are at board level and above the manager's head. They don't buy to a plan. They don't buy to a structure. They don't buy to a system. You know, when we sign players, we sign players to fit in to the way Klopp plays, you know, and we develop players to play in that way. And that's from day one when he came in, For you know, when he first started bringing players in. United don't. United play to the fan base. They play to the Gary Nevilles of this world who tell you, you know, you can't let Cristiano Ronaldo go to Man City that kind of attitude. And as long as that prevails, as long as those people are, and it's the same with Everton, as long as those people, those fans, those ex-players have influence over transfer policy, they're doomed. It doesn't matter who the manager is. That's what I said when the last manager at Manchester United and the one before, it doesn't matter who they are. The problem is above their head. And Ten Hag won't fix Manchester United unless there's a massive clear-out. Now, the saving grace for United this summer is I think there's about six or seven players going out the door. And mm, we saved a lot of money from it's it get they've had too many average players on big contracts yeah. for a long, long time. And they might have once they start phasing those out, United are too big a club not to not to get it right eventually. But it's gonna cost them a fair bit of money to get it right. And over a billion already. Yeah, but mate, when you right. in the grand scheme of things, a billion pounds to Manchester United is not the not. end of the world. Half a billion pounds for Everton yeah. is debilitating. It's all relative, to a, isn't it? To a state where right. they're in danger of falling through the leagues, in my opinion. I honestly yeah, but, think in worse trouble than what Sunderland were. Yeah, but and and that's and that's the thing, like 
Look, you know you're a different issue altogether. I don't know if that Ten Hag is is he is he going to be confirmed? Mm, I've all, seen all, the reports. All the connected journalists, that seems to be the name that they're all yeah. sort of okay. Um, I've seen the going. saying that it's not done and he wants a lot of assurances of Yeah. And, and I, I, I wouldn't blame I wouldn't blame him on that because Kev's right. It doesn't matter if you brought Harry fucking Houdini into management Manchester United um, with the people around them. And and this isn't about Glazers taking money out of the club or anything like that. That's, not, that's a completely separate issue. It's, 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 it's the structure. It's the scouts. It's Darren Fletcher still wandering around the fucking gaff. Like, I, d- I don't know. Someone, someone hasn't taken his fucking swipe card off him when they really should. Um, you know, you've... Why are you listen to Rio? Rio Ferdinand and Gary Neville are sitting in a studio talking, mm. um, and they're saying certain things in order for people um, watching this stuff to click and react. So stop listening to Gary Neville and fucking Rio Ferdinand because they don't have a fucking clue. All right, um, don't have any consequences. But they might as well ring me. They might as well ring me and ask me what I fucking think. I know Gary Neville has played for Manchester United and he's done this and he's done that. But at the end of the day, what are you listening to Gary Neville for? He's a hypocrite. It'd be, it, but, but it'd be like, he, they might as well ask Jurgen Klopp what they, what he should do at United. And when he says that, you know, you go, well, let's listen to him. What would you be doing that for? Yeah. There's two, and this is my part of the problem. The outside interference that seems to gather traction is ridiculous. It's it, Now, in fairness to United, it doesn't seem to gather that much traction with them because they just go, we run this fucking club wherever we want. But at the same time, there is people out there storing it up, having fans running through closed gates to protest and get games called off for their own agenda. But aside from that, the Everton thing, Kev's right, a half a billion to them is monstrous compared to a half a billion or a billion for United because United are at a level anyway where they can lose that sort of money and the only difference is probably finishing second or finishing sixth. There's four spaces there that they go up and down because they still have got enough quality in their squad. The problem is, is that to get them to be from sixth to second or go above, they're way behind Liverpool and, and Manchester City because the structure is wrong. They don't know who's managing it. Um, they they don't know who's signing players. They don't know who the link is between the owners and, and the manager. It's all over the place. Everything, though, it's not time up from a sherry, in my opinion, but he should he should step back on what he's doing. I listened to the Blue Room with Dave Downey earlier on, and he was saying, yeah, and he was saying, he needs to step back. But I just can't understand why Bill Kenroy is there. Bill Kenroy sold the club to Fab Machiri, right? And he's still fucking there. You know what I mean? It'd be like you owning a corner shop and selling it to some other fella and then turning up and fucking stand behind the counter serving. When you don't walk there, Right, and the problem there is for everything is they're pulling in two different directions. Bill Kenroy has the romanticism in the whole thing where he wants to be one of the fans and he wants to be a friend and he wants to be this. And it look, and when it goes bad, they go, "Where's this money, Bill? Where's that?" And he's getting accosted outside uh, Goodison Park. Fab Mashiri is the man coming in with the with the money, and he's having to literally tailor to this fella. What Fab Mashiri should do is he should come in and go. All these are gone. All these people that are hanging on and they shouldn't be here. But he's obviously bought the club and you understand these people can stay, right? But when you have one half of the club wanting to do one thing, one half doing the other, and that's what's going on in my opinion. You have people being sacked because a manager doesn't want them and then you sack the manager two weeks later. That tells you the club is pulling in, in two different directions, okay? And they continue at the level Everton are at. They shouldn't have been spending 40 and 50 million pounds on players. What they should have been doing is saying, listen, he's really good. We might need to spend 30, but he's really good. 
50 million quid on cigarettes. 35 million quid on Alex Awobi. 50 on Charleston. Yeah, Richardson no, probably that Richardson, you, yeah, but at least with Richardson, you will get a return. Hmm. He will be he will be sold for nigh on the fifty million that they bought him for. Yeah, but what you I'm know, saying is, Kev, are you are you telling me that if you took that squad right, took all the money back that you spent on them, right, and said right, you can start again, you would do it with half the money, Kev. Easy. If you had the right people in place. And if 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 a manager came in, if Ten Hag went into, into Everton tomorrow and said, right, listen, I play a 4-2-3-1. That's what I play. I don't know what Ten Hag plays. Or I play a 4-2-3-1, okay? Um, I'm bringing these staff with me. I want this guy as my director of football, okay? And all the football matters goes between him and me. The financial stuff, we can have meetings about if you want, but you're going to tell me what we have to spend, and we're going to, between us, spend it, right? And we're going to take responsibility for the football inside of it. Now, if you go off and you sign sponsorship deals that don't make us enough money, or you spend overspend on a stadium and you get, get us into trouble, that's a financial issue, and you're going to have to answer about that. But everything seems to be pushed back to this stadium. Every every problem in the club seems to be, let's get to this stadium. No point in getting to that stadium if you're playing Rodrum on a fucking Tuesday night. There's no point. And they, they need to get something together where, regardless whether they stay up or not, right? They need to get something in place where they know who owns the club. They know who looks after the financial side of it the um, the f- and the football side of it. Both of them are own, their own separate entities that work together at certain stages. But what you're happening here is now you have things where there's just people giving loads of opinion in that club for no reason. Duncan Ferguson is part of this for I don't know how many years and he still sits on the fucking bench at, at, at Goodison Park. Now... What's the common denominator in this? He is bringing no value to trying to turn things around or everything if he is still there to all these managers. and everything. It's it's yeah. absolutely unbelievable. They will go down, in my opinion. They will get beaten at the weekend. Yes. Lampard will what go. Seven or eight will go. And what will happen is, see that 300 million that they've lost over the last three years? Someone is coming down them like a ton of bricks as soon as the final whistle goes. Someone's making an example out of everything for, for breaking those FFP rules. Like They're going to be making I think, I think an example out of but I think when you're in the championship, um, it's 39 million over three years. That's what you're. That's what you're, that's what you're allowed to lose. In the Premier League, it's 105. So, with all the workarounds they've done to stay in, in line here, and they have got players leaving in the summer for nout, which is probably a good thing. But the problem is they've they've, they've got players who are average on big wages, which nobody's going to buy. Let's, gonna let's, put a, let's put a scoreline on this one and we'll let Gav go and enjoy his... Uh, oh, yeah, because he, he needs to go. Lately, he wants to go in and watch Ryan Tuberty. Don't mind the golf. He does. He does. Oh, no, I'm, going, I'm going to do more research on the golf. I'll be back next Friday, everyone. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, we'll go on and put a score on it, lads. What are you going for, Gav? 3-1 United. Oh, you took my score, man. So you have to pick a different score Chris. now, Luke. Give me five minutes. I've gone 2-0 United. Luke? 4-1 United. I went 3-1 United as well. Um, I can't see... The thing is, with United, they've got some injuries, right? They've what time's the game at? Half 12. It's, for, it's a lunchtime kickoff tomorrow. Half 12. Half 12 there you kickoff. go. Get the cameras and ready. running a free pot on that as well. So, Which um, somebody in our uh, Telegram group has picked a team for. Conrad. Yeah. Conrad, that's it? it. Yeah, Conrad's yeah, yeah, picked so a team for. Conrad's picked a team. Team's all locked down, ready to go. So yeah. we're doing so that one. Any, and we'll... And we'll do it one later. Yeah, if any of you guys are in the chat and you want to have a go at the bet, mate, it's the link is in the, the description. 
free pop for the Man United Everton game. If you can pick eleven players who might start that game, good luck to you. But keep an eye out for that one. It's free. Cost you nothing. Just go in and enjoy it. Just follow the directions from the link below. <laughs> God help them all. Red Steve's going Gav, nil all United by one goal. <laughs> I'm done. I'm oh, done. Um, I'm off to watch the golf. Enjoy the rest of the show. And um, yeah, we'll uh, I'll talk to you on, we, What have we got over the week? Oh, yeah. Just before we just before I go, in case the lads forget, we have got a match reaction to uh, City versus Liverpool. Half six on Sunday. We'll be back with the Fatback Four at 10pm. And also in the description, please, please, please go and look at Failicon, our charity partner. Go and check them out. Donate if you can. We've put stuff on social media with regards to it today. Share that as well. Donate, share, whatever you can do to help us try to get to that 10,000 because it's a fantastic, fantastic uh, charity. And fingers crossed, we'll hopefully have an interview tomorrow night which we can put out. Correct. Saturday Correct. Thanks for reminding me. Completely forgot. There you go. All right. Talk Cheers, boys. See, See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you. Right now we can just behave. Now the boss has gone. Hey. <laughs> Take the beers in. Got, got to be. Have to behave ourselves. Then. Right. Mm. So let's gloss over the next two because, quite frankly, they're, they're, they're dull games and nobody really cares about them. Arsenal, Brighton. I've gone two 0 Arsenal because Brighton are just crap at the moment. Yeah, same two 0 Um The thing is with this game, it's Arsenal have to win. You know, yeah. they're they're at the stage now where the fight for the top four, they have to match everything that's going on around them. But this is one game that they have to win. Yeah. You know, so Luke, how do you got this one? Well, he's either really happy about this game and thinking about it, or I think he's frozen. I so, think he might have to <laughs> jump out and uh, jump back jump in. Back in. Yeah, I must admit, though, it's a good look. It's a great look. <laughs> great look. Uh, anyway, you know that new snip thing on, on Yeah, Gav, Gav if, you're still, if you're still there, just, just uh, snip that for us, because that, that'll snip be a great one. one yeah. for, that'll, that'll be, be a great one. one. Uh, we'll move on to yeah. Southampton-Chelsea. So, Chelsea, who now have lost the last two, surprisingly to Brentford, less surprisingly to Real Madrid. Uh, I think the uh, I think Real Madrid was being wrote, out, wrote off far too easily, I thought. Um but Southampton, not by me. Since, but I Southampton, I, I, no, no, I, I see you saying it'd be in a Madrid semi-finals. The other thing, yeah, I, I think it'll, I still think it'll be a, an all Madrid semi-final. I think you may have the same thinking. Mm. Um, I think I also said Villarreal, but I, to, I said that for shits and giggles. I didn't actually think it could, <laughs> I didn't actually think it could tr- come true. So, Bayern turned out. But you, Southampton, you Chelsea. Think it's the thing with Southampton is though it's the weird because since the. Beat West Ham in the FA Cup, and then I know they got knocked out in the next round by City. They've been really average yeah. results wise. Not the kind, the kind of goes that mid season lull of not going to Europe, not going to get relegated. They're just in that lull. They've got so, a big problem as well because Borja is uh, Borja is he's not eligible to play yet. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like that rule. I think if you loan a player out for a season, that player should be eligible to play in every game. And if that's yeah. against a parent club, so be it. That's how it works oh, in. Uh, that's right. That's how it works in most leagues. Uh, I was going again. You know, with Borja's out on loan, then you know he should be allowed to play against. Wasn't Chelsea. it um, Luar Luar who got the rule change because he scored for Portsmouth against Newcastle on loan? I think yeah. Newcastle go down because of it. Something like that, yeah. It was weird. something like that. Which, which part of the well, tough shit because you learn them out, but I think that's why they're doing it. Are you yeah, talking so about you Conor Gallagher not playing against Chelsea? No, we're talking no, about oh no, Borja for Southampton. Oh, against Borja. Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. I, th- I mean, Chelsea don't haven't looked right for me for a while. Um, 
they've they've been off the boil for a good bit. Um, I don't buy the off the field stuff though. I just think they're going no, through a rut. I just yeah. think it's a rut that every, also every goes club goes through. We went through our December time. Yeah, you know, City have sort of had their little bit of a wobble January February. Now they they seem to be hitting form again. You know, all clubs have a couple of dodge, a couple of dodgy months. You know, no club's perfect. So mm. I, I just think with what's going on off the pitch, it's a convenient factor. But yeah, I've gone for really... I, I've gone for a one-one because I just think they're both bang out of form. But it wouldn't surprise me uh, Chelsea squeaked it. I went for two-one Chelsea, but it wouldn't surprise me if Southampton got something out of it. Um, Chris, or sorry, Luke, how do you see this one? Um, I think Chelsea will get back on winning winning ways. I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game, but I think it'll be two one Chelsea. I think okay. Lukaku might be out, so that means a Havertz or oh, in that case, Chelsea yeah, might win. It's yeah, but listen, the problem is the volume of games. I think I'd be mm. full sure Tuchel would want to rotate a few. He'd want to rest Havertz. He'd want to rest He can now. No, yeah, I don't think he can unless, unless Werner plays. Which, to be honest, the way he's to play, that might suit Werner. I know he's, I know he's forever offside, but I, I do think that's his. He has got the pace, and look, you know, we can see why people are interested. He was, he's a good finisher. He's yeah. just not settled at Chelsea. Um, so, now I think this is the big. This is one of the big games. Watford against yeah. Leeds. Watford need the win, especially with Everton. Especially with Everton losing, Burnley now leapfrogging them. And they're probably all looking at the United and going, you'd be surprised if Everton got anything out of that. So this is a chance to close the gap in Everton. Leeds have done well because they've got seven points for the last three games. Yeah. They've done it in a very dramatic style. Yeah. I mean, poor, Joe, poor Joe's heart, friend of the channel. Uh, I, I don't know how he survived some of those late winners, but he's made up with them. So I've got to sneak in because at home, I think Watford might get something out of this. So yeah, I've got for it. I go for a two-one Watford, which, while it will put a bit of worry in Leeds, I think Leeds have done themselves so much favours in the last three games. I think they've done themselves too much of a gap now. Where I think they'll pick the win up they need a bit later in the season. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, um, I mean, Luke, how do you see this one? Because Leeds don't have Patrick Bamford again, you know, um, and they're conceding goals for fun. And people can, you know, we dominated the game against Watford, but they were resolute at the back. It was yeah. just a case of could they score, you know, and Leeds can't defend. So how, how do you I see this one? Quite a high scoring game. As long as uh, Leeds don't worry about Roy Hodgson being in the middle of the park, because there was a <laughs> clip of him playing that lovely ball into Jao Pedro in yeah, Watford well, training. Right. But um, I, I think this will be a high scoring game. I think... Watford might edge it because it's at at home. I think it could be like a three-two or something like that. Because yeah, Leeds aren't great defensively. I think they've conceded the most the most goals in the league. Um, yeah. Red Steve's gone for it. Red Steve's gone for a nil all. So, nil all. <laughs> yeah, um, so which is which would suit Leeds more than it would suit Watford. To be fair, yeah, I went for one-one, but I would I. I'd love to see Watford getting something out of this. Just because it makes uh, it's going to make that that it race it turns it into an accordion, doesn't it? It really if, brings if, everything into into play again. Yeah, if Watford win and Burnley win, and say Everton and Everton don't, it literally then is three, it's, it's three players going for it's three teams going for one position. Which yeah. apart from those three teams, because obviously 
that hate it. But for an outside looking in, you're going, that's an interesting bum fight because you can make arguments for all three going down and arguments for all three staying up. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's a uh, massive game. And then the late night game Saturday, which I think is going to be, I think it should be a good game. Villa against Spurs. Villa just forgotten how to defend, but could score goals. And Spurs are just very up and down, up and down. You know, one week they're brilliant, next week they're absolutely diabolical. So I uh, see this as a very, very comfortable night's work for Spurs. Uh, I I got him down for 3 0. I just think Villa are very, very average. do you think they're look, on the beach because they're safe? I, I just don't... I look at yeah. the, the job that Gerard's done and I don't see anything exceptional. I don't see anything special about what he's done. He's brought in good quality players. I just don't see... I just don't see what he's what he's brought to Villa. I, I can't yeah. see it. We just see what yeah. he does in the summer. Uh, I think I think Villa are where you probably expected Villa to be. Yeah. You know, the when they sacked that, when they sacked um, the manager now, Watford, whose name escapes me, these were they were, you know, they were, they were, they were getting themselves dragging as a relegation battle, and that squad should never have been a relegation battle. Probably with a good, with a fair win, might have pushed for a, a Europa Conference spot, but I think Jared's kind of got them probably where that squad should be. The interest will be what do they do in the summer and what who they keep and who they add, and yeah. that be. Yeah, do you keep Coutinho? Do you re- upgrade in a Mings? You know, can you? Will, will you be allowed to? Uh, mm. I went for a two-two because, but I still with Spurs. I'm never quite convinced. Just when I think Spurs are all right, they've hit the form now. They, they seem to let you down, uh, and the results with Conte have shown that. You know, but yeah. they have got the informed fight, the informed front two, which does give them one player the for me that's gone under the radar at Spurs is Romero. Um, I, I've been really impressed with the way he's come back after his injury. I, he's he's very very good. He's a, he was a big fee. I think they paid north of uh, nearly he's fifty million for him. He's on loan. It's it's loan, but I don't know if it's an obligation or an option. I think it's an obligation to buy those. Yeah, I think that was an option. Yeah, he he's a they look very better. very. He's they look a, very a better side. Player. They look yeah. a better side with him in it. Kulusevski looks a good signing as well. I mean, I've seen all the comparisons. With uh, Diaz and what have you for the January signing, but yeah, but in his own right, he's a very good player. Yeah, and he suits he suits Spurs. He he suits the way Spurs want to play. He was a very shrewd signing. There's nothing wrong with getting overhyped about about a player you bought it. And to be fair, he's done. He has done well. He's got big goals. He's done well. I think Spurs have got an option to buy him for 25 million, which I'll do in the summer, which is a steal. Yeah, which steal for for all the stick he takes. To be fair, that's a good deal. Yeah, I think and you're right. What you were saying as well, Son and Kane. If you're looking at Tyrone Mings, you're just having you know you're licking your lips at this game. You have to be. Yeah, you know, just... I think they got Regulon is back. Um, they have who's the, the other young kid, Ryan Sessignon. Yeah, I think he might yeah. be a, he might be but, available as well. Right, Steve gives us Can you upgrade on things? Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> I, think, I, think not, I, I know you can. I think the question is, will they? I will they be just, allowed to? Will yeah. they be allowed to? With him being the club captain and the connotations, pretty much. Let Malik Villa saving their best game for the last game of the season. Come on, I Steve, hope so. Well, let's I get to it. Once I'll we get to there, it'll be all right. The way the way it's going, if you're relying on Villa to get to to win it to win it for us. Um, I think we're. In, I think that's a bit of a long shot. So, but we'll see. 
Right, we'll whistle through these. Uh, apart from one incident, we need to talk about Brentford against West Ham. I don't know about you, Kev. I thought it was a really good result for West Ham. One um, one with Leon, ten men. That's a great result. And then they're any on the argument attack. about any argument about that Cresswell red card for you? I, I didn't see it, so I can't comment. I could see why the ref gave it, as in why Cresswell's pulling them back. I don't know. The question is always: Is he going away from goal? And I, th- I, th- I don't see uh, how that matters personally. But no, I don't think that matters. I think for once, Joe Cole made uh, no. It was Carlton Cole to be fair to. So, made the good points and he said Zuma gets his player sent off because if you watch it he said Zuma slows down thinking oh fuck yeah. it, I'm not getting that he said if Zuma carries on run at full pace I don't he think gets he gets done he, he doesn't gets get ahead done. he gets ahead of the play but the problem see the he way done, I, he doesn't get done for last man then he'll get yeah, he'll the way get I done. understand yeah the way I understand it is it doesn't look it doesn't have to be you know goal wide open you're guaranteed to score it says are you is it a, a is it a clear and obvious chance? Well, of course it's a chance. It's on his strong foot. All he has to do mm. is get a shot on. So, Cresswell... I think, I think Carlton It was Cole, a harsh lesson, but I think it was yeah, right. I think... Well, you can tell by Cresswell's reaction. He knew as soon as he did it, he was like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. But when you watch back, if Zuma had carried him running full pace, he probably would have been level. He wouldn't mm. have got him, but he would have been level with the foul. And I think then he'd have got away with a yellow because I think they got... Because yeah. I think the, the referee in his head could go... Yeah. Well, if he doesn't get past, if he gets Crawford, he's still got to beat Zuma, then beat the keeper. So yeah. it, it takes the equation of last yeah. man. Don't out. get me wrong; I think Musa Dembele definitely bought it, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But did you see his wink? He winked. Yeah, he did. He did a wink because I think I'll be honest. I think he he was impressed. He got the free kick. I don't think he yeah. thought the red had happened. So when he saw the red, I think he winked at his mates, going, well, "That's a turn up." Yeah. The biggest. I mean, if you're a West Ham fan. You'd be doing it. There's two pitch invaders, but the worst one was West Ham are on the break. It's a really attacking break. Cuts back, you think. And if you, ha- you know, when you watch a game, you, you, you get a feel for a goal. You think, yeah, yeah. there's a goal there coming here. West Ham are going to nick this 2 1. This would be a brilliant result. And you just see the, I'll say it, gobshite run straight across the pitch. You go, he's one of their fans. Am I going, oh, what if you, you could see, I mean, the player reaction said it all. You like going, David Boyd's but, reaction was like, you could just see, uh, you yeah. Could, yeah, you saw Antonio just looking at him like arms like, what are you doing? Yeah, they're having a us. cracking season, to be fair to them. They don't need um, that nonsense. They don't need that nonsense. But I think 1-1 with 10, when playing half, a whole half with 10 men against Leon, yeah. I had a cracking result 1-1. Yeah. Um, I fa- I'd fancy West Ham to get through. I just think they've just got a, a, Could be. a nice flow in the, Euro- in the Europa League where you're just thinking like, I just don't see when they, they just mm-hmm. don't feel like they'll, they'll get knocked out. So, Fair play to them. Um, yeah. That's what you should do in the Europa League. Embrace, well, you're going to be in the Europa League. Embrace it. How do you think it affects the game this weekend? Because it's a really quick turnaround. I've gone for, go for a, a West Ham win, but I've gone for a squeaky 2-1. Um, because to, it's, it's, who, it's who they rotate out. Because Tony's just hit form at the right time. But I still feel West Ham have a bit too much. But So I'm going to go for a 2-1 West Ham. Luke? How do you got it? One one draw. I think David Moyes is going to have one eye for the Europa League semi second leg on Thursday, and he's just going to rotate mm. a few players. And just make sure that they keep fresh. Yeah, I think I think he's written off top four. Uh, I think there'll be wholesale changes. I've got Brentford two one. Okay. I mean, Brentford with Ericsson and Ivan Tony. Well, between, well, between the three of us, we've got all bases covered there. So yeah, I, right. I, I, <laughs> I just think that they'll make too many changes, and I think they've written off. They've written off top four. 
Yeah. Which, uh, listen, if West Ham gets to, say, a Europa League semi-final or even a final and finish in the top six, that's a great That's a great That's progression. And that's, you know, that's big proof to the squad going, look at the size of the squad we've got, which probably isn't the biggest. Considering that they didn't... And we still... Yeah, they still got themselves in Europe. So, yeah, he did. You could apparently there were there was a legitimate bid in for Darwin Nunes. Yeah, yeah, they bid big money for uh, him. Yeah, it's a bid over forty five million for him in January. So I've seen links at Liverpool for him. For yeah, the summer. he would have been, but he's ideal for what they need because uh, he's not a clone of Antonio, but he could do the Antonio job as well. He could do it better. But do you know what I mean? As in, yeah. the lone striker role, he's, he's yeah. built for that. Yeah, he and he's and he's fitter, and you know, and it, but also for the good thing for Antonio, it takes pressure off him, man. So then you can mm. pick and choose his games and manage his games a bit more. Yeah, to get, them, he's, to get he's the getting best, that bit get older, the best out now, so. yeah. Is that does anyone know if that's the TV? What what's the TV game for Sunday? Because I didn't look. If you give me two seconds, um, we'll talk yeah. about the next game while well while I have a Google. Uh, Leicester versus Palace. Leicester, Leicester versus who Palace. got nil nil against PSV. Yeah, which. Um, Probably a little bit disappointed for home, but PSV are a, are a good side. And Palace, great result against Arsenal. Really, really good result. Very, uh, that is a really exciting side that yeah. they've got at the moment. Um, ooh, okay. The, neither of these games are on telly, but the next game we'll talk about is on telly. Okay. Well, <laughs> Michael Elise is back for Palace. Ooh. Yep. He's a, yeah. he's, he's a live wear. Uh, I, I like the centre forward they've got, whose name I can never remember. Yeah, I like the looks of him. I, every time I see him, I just think he looks impressive. Like six yeah. goals in his last 11 yeah. starts, I think. There's just a lot to like about Palace. There's just a, an, an, an exciting side to go on. I mean, if they can keep Gallagher for next season, let yeah. him develop again. I don't think really. they'll be able to keep Gallagher. I think he'll be back. At... No, sadly. Yeah, sadly. I, I think mean, he'll look, be sold. Really? I think Chelsea will sell him because... Of the way the new the new loan system is going to work, I honestly think that they'll cash in on him because I don't think that I think they'll look at him in the position that he plays. I think they box that position off with Mason Mount for the next few years, and I think they'd rather cash in on him and reinvest it at the back. Well, there'll be a lot of they, they there'll need be a lot of suits, to, there'll be a lot of suitors for him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I I don't think they'll be short of options to sell him. That's why I think Would I would. Would you take him at Liverpool if if that ever opportunity arises? Would you take him? I would. I would. Yeah. I would. We defi- I would. Defi- I like him. Well, we've definitely got two English spots coming up available in the summer, haven't we? Because uh, yeah, I can see Chamberlain going in the summer. I think Milner's going to go. You know, uh, so Gallagher, the, that's part of your homegrown quota. Plus, he's very, yeah, very I think good. Can't pick up a comment. Saying Gallagher thirty million to Newcastle could be a good, good one, and you can see that. Well, would, yeah, the thing is, though, if for Newcastle, that is the sort of player they should use their money for. Is don't go for the big flashy names, go for that type of player, which is what City Mark did Simons. three years into their tenure when they, they stopped doing Rubinos yeah. and Ilanos. Sorry, and they started out, buying David smart Silver. young players, David Silva, uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, Kevin De Bruyne's. Exciting youngsters that you know in two, three years' time are going to be brilliant. Yeah, that yeah. is the clever. That if Newcastle do that, that's a, that's a, that'd be a smart move. Be that'd, be a, that'd be a great shout for. Um, anyway, Leicester Palace. I've gone for a Desmond Tutu. 
I've gone for 3 1 Palace. Okay. I think there's going to be a hangover for Leicester. 2 1 Palace. 2 1 Palace. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, the early kick, the early TV game, Dorridge versus Burnley. To be honest. What the fuck? Why? Oh, why man. not? Why not? That's a brilliant Burnley, game. Burnley have just beat Everton. They'll be hoping Everton do- drop points. Win this, Burnley will be out the bottom three for the first time, I think, all season. And Norwich pretty much to lose this. I think that's them gone. I mean, I think they're pretty much oh, gone anyway. Okay. Yeah. So I think there's there's, so, there's more riding this than at the bottom half there than anything. And also, if Everton do get a win against um, United, it puts a lot of pressure on Burnley because you're going, you've got to back in this again because you need to beat Norwich yeah. just to stay within a point. There's so many permutations on it. And Norwich will want to go down yeah. fighting. Um, you've got to you've got to see both ends of the spectrum on Sunday for the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, this is going to be an absolute dogfight. Yeah. You know, this is going to be an absolute dogfight of a game. Um, I hope Jonathan is right. One 0 Burnley. I'd be delighted with that. Um, if anything, look, I can't stand Burnley. I can't stand Dice. I can't stand the way they play. But context is everything, and for the season that's in it. I'd love to see Burnley get back, uh, get 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 a positive result here against Norwich. So I've gone for a one nil. I've gone for a two nil Burnley. Luke, I'm going one nil Burnley. Get the job yeah. done. No Burnley. Burnley. Oh, yeah. Lad. So interesting, interesting. Um, I think that's it. Isn't it? There's no big games this weekend, is there? Well, nah, nah, so well. nah, we're done. Right. Let's talk about it before we start getting shows today. So, <laughs> the big one. The one, let's face it, everyone's been talking about for about a month, <sighs> maybe so longer. Nice. Um, City versus Liverpool. Liverpool have not beaten City in the league since Klopp's first season um, when he came in mid- midway through after Brendan Rodgers. We haven't actually won at City in the league since then, which is quite surprising. Uh, my City way is a dog of a game. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, the best and worst win I've seen at City was the Champions League se- second leg semi-final, which I must oh. admit, that first half when they went 1-0 up, probably should have been 2-0 up, was the longest half I've ever watched of football. I mean, listen, second half was great because the Salah goal just relaxed me. But, yeah. Kev, how are you feeling about this one? I'm still, I'm still looking forward to it. I was on, I think it was Wednesday night and I was looking forward to it then. I'm I'm really relaxed about it. I just, I just really relax. I, I wrote down what I think the two elevens will be. I think that Klopp has got to make it. I think he's going to do a madness. You think he'll uh, do what he did last season and just go? I think stick four up front. I think he'll play four two three one, but I think it'll be the four. I think it'll be Salah, Bobby, Sadio with Jota up top. Say again, what do you think it'll be like last season? Yeah. I think Jota will play up top. I think Salah off the left, Sadio off the right. So, sorry. Mo, Mo off the right, Sadio off the left, Bobby in the 10, and Fabinho and Thiago as your holders. You know, Thiago has never played for us against City. No, he's not. Jeez. And our proper back four with Alisson and goal. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, believe I me. Thiago playing in the Anfield game last season. Nope. He's, not no? oh, he's, he's missed everyone through injury. Yeah. Jesus. And I look, with half an hour when when the team sheets gets out, my my arse is going to be going like the clappers. 
but until then, there's an image. There's an image. That's what those bots want that came in yeah. the chat before. <laughs> until then, I fancy us to get a positive result out of it. Whether we go and beat them or get a point, that, I don't know. Good enough. Yeah. That's no, yeah, I, I think mean, I, I think the way the season's panned out, I think we're going to have to go and win. I think we have yes, to go. And, I think I'm we have to get ahead of them. To be truthful, uh, yeah, I think we all need. We all want the win, because because uh, if we do draw, it's certainly not the end of the world. It's not curtains. No, it's a, it's a definitely a must not lose. I, I think to wrestle back yeah. a fourteen point gap, despite what City fans will tell you, it was fourteen points because we hadn't won the games in hand. And if they want to get pernickety about it, the year they beat us in eighteen nineteen. They always tell you it's a ten point gap, despite the fact they're two games in hand. So yes. Yes. we can we can play that we can play the game uh, if we want if, if we want to do that. Big kept working. <laughs> that's a great comment. Yeah. That's a great big, comment. Big kept working. Yeah. That's enough internet for tonight. Yeah, there ain't enough. There ain't enough Guinness on tap, Barry. I can promise you that. Well, we may have to test uh, that whenever I come over to Ireland. Um, but yeah, so Luke, pick me a team. Where does Reese Williams fit in this team? <laughs> that's, that's the water water, that's no where he knows. fits in this team. He'll be carrying the water because that's as close as he's getting. Uh, no, I think it will be normal back five, Alison, Trent, Matip, Virgil, Robertson. Um, I don't think we're going to go crazy. I think Klopp's going to go with Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson. And then the front three will be Salah. I think he'll go with the... With the tried and trusted, I think it'll go with the original front three for one last ride, for one last go. It, yeah, he did, I feel like that we're going to need to hold the ball up, like up front, and no one does it better in that team. Apart from yeah, um, he, he did. He did say he, he did say experience was important. He didn't say it was vital. He said it was important. I'm like you. I think that's. I feel that's the elephant cop will go with. There's part of me though that would love to see him. I don't think it's going to happen because he played the full game. Salah, Manny as the nine. Because to be fair to Manny, whenever we've played as nine, he seems to get he's, a goal assist. Great. Yeah. I'd love to start Diaz. Just if you want, if you say a bit of a madness, that's a bit of a madness because Can I think the two sides time. know each other so well that mm. throwing a Diaz in for start might be like, oh, we haven't dealt with him before. That's something different to deal with. I just think it's. Now, listen, he's probably going to use him as a super sub. Which is fine, yeah. but the other thing with Diaz is, which you do need to get City, he looks after the ball really well. Yeah, he doesn't really yeah, does, no yeah. no no real sloppy passes. Doesn't really run himself into blind alleys. Or if he does, it's unnecessary it's tricks. It's such, yeah, so he's actually a lot more. As far as he's probably more careful the ball than Manny is. But to be fair, he's actually really good. So and he's seriously uh, rapid. Right? Yeah, but the fact I, he did 80, 89 minutes midweek makes me think. How do you see Maybe City lining up? Oh, we talked about this the other day. Uh, I think so. I think you'll have Edison in goal. Yeah. I think you'll have Laporte. And we'll say Stones, because um, unless the but you never know, Diaz can always make a miracle. It's always possible. Magic City. Uh, I think right back will be Walker, left back will be Cancelo. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're your front they're your most like ones. And then I think he goes Rodri, Gundogan, and Neither. Kevin De Bruyne. I think it will go Kevin De Bruyne because I think I think that's De Bruyne's got a bit off the boil. Uh, sorry, Silva's got a bit off the boil. I think he'll play De Bruyne a false nine, and then he'll have Bernardo, Rodri, Gundogan, and he'll let Gundogan and De Bruyne swap around in the game. 
So you'll see points where the uh, Gundogan's the false nine, mm, and possibly. then De Bruyne will be sitting in midfield. The front three I can't decide because I think Mara starts because he always does well. The Foden starts left Foden's side. Foden's becoming that like pain against Liverpool that you he's, know. Yeah, he's, he's just a guy. Who's, he's ex. He's really excellent. It's it's so you dislike him because he's so good. I actually think the nine is the hardest to pick because you can you could do Kevin De Bruyne there. Uh, Anfield would do Grealish. Could do Sterling yeah. through the middle. It's do oh, Gabriel sorry, Jesus because he always likes a goal against us. Well, the Jesus did all seem to rate as a striker. He's put Jesus yeah. on the wing. I put Mares, Sterling, and Foden as a front three. I went with Rodri, Holding, Kevin De Bruyne, and Silva. But I wouldn't be surprised if he went with Gundogan and stiffened up the midfield. You yeah. know, and tried to match us up size-wise, physicality, intensity, but. That first half of Man City's at Anfield. I know they targeted James Milner, and James Milner aged a decade in that oh, half. Yeah, I felt, How so I felt for him. I really I, felt, I felt for him. But the other thing I got really blown up in that game was, oh, how bad Liverpool's midfield was. And you go, Liverpool's midfield got absolutely outrun. You will win it six against three. Yeah, Because this is yeah. the thing that made me laugh with uh, De Bruyne. He's a, I've never seen a side play... F- Five five zero. I think like you basically do that every week. You you play you play four six yeah. every week. You, you play six midfielders. That's how you play. That's your. It's not a bad thing. That's your thing. You know mm-hmm. that's what that's why that's how you dominate the ball because you have six midfielders. That's as soon as Barry put something in the chat earlier on, and I hope do you guys when you're doing the post match on Sunday, I hope you're not talking about Anthony Taylor. How do you feel about the appointment? Um. I'm not as bold. I mean, I don't like Anthony Taylor. I'm less bold with him because yeah. actually our record with him against Manchester United, I think it's two wins, two draws, two losses. So nothing, nothing great, nothing crap. My biggest concern is Paul Tierney because I think yeah. Paul Tierney is a horrendous VR official, and I don't I've got some for Liverpool. He's crap for everything I've seen. Mm. The last uh, two times we've had those two, um, on VAR and Ref, it was United four two win mm-hmm. and we beat Spurs 2-1 with Taylor as the ref Tierney and VAR so it's not, yeah, not like they've screwed that. Liverpool out of games it's just but it would not surprise uh, me if Tierney goes yeah I remember what he said to me Jürgen time to yeah. screw you over because you ain't coming to Stockley Park it's one of those I think it's an unnecessary it, decision it creates a story you don't need now because yeah. I think it's, Michael Oliver's doing Burnley Norwich yeah. Which is a big game at the other end of the table. Yeah. But you should have given Taylor that one. If you rate if you t- rate Taylor that highly, you, you want to give him the, the city the city level game. You give Taylor that one, you give over. It stops that talk. Now, yeah. It's it's basically you just you just gotta put pressure because I guarantee you, whatever the if Liverpool don't win, touch wood, this is not gonna happen. And it's just a normal game, Liverpool don't win. They'll still be talking about the ref the ref screwdles. Because that's just the nature of football. That's just fans, yeah. But if it was yeah. if it was Michael Oliver, you, I think there'd be less talk of it. So, yeah. you know, I sort of feel like you, you've just created a story there for the sake of it. But then again, Dicko's comments: Tyler and Neville are going to be eyeing out their city shirts. Well, that, that's what they do. I mean, that's I think you'll have do. Jamie Carragher. I won't be having them on commentary. Well. I'll have Coppish on in my ear, so I don't have to listen yeah. to those two. On, talk. What well, score are you going? And you know the rules. Score two one, two, two one. one. Who's scoring? Um, Salah. Sal- yep. Salah's going to score from open play because there's a narrative on Twitter that he's not scored since February from open play. 
but his record against Fox City is, is nine games, <laughs> five goals, two assists. Is Salah's record against City. Um, so I think Salah's going to score. I think Van Dijk's going to score. And I think De Bruyne is going to score for City. And and I think Van Dijk's going to have a moment like Vincent Company did when City first won their league title, yeah. where he's going to score a bullet header from a corner and just move every City player out of the way for him to get a last-minute winner. And I'm going to go nuts. <laughs> okay. Come on, Mr. O'Sullivan. What are we going for? <sighs> Uh, I go for 2 0. I think we win a 2 0. I think we get a clean sheet. What's up, my fucking score again? <laughs> I think, yeah, I just look, I just think we get the clean sheet. Um, I think Bobby scores. And well, talk is for me, didn't train for me, he hasn't trained today, has he? Yeah, I, 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 if he, if he starts, he'll score. I just think he, he takes up those kind of positions that really trouble City. Mm. And I think Sadio Sadio scores as well. Let's see, we've got here. We've got three uh, one here. Jota, Diaz, and Salah. We've got another three one from Tom. Salah, Thiago, Scream, Manny, and Grealish. Um, Rich, Richo's got two one Liverpool. Oh, bless him! I mean, made up. He comes. He comes in every week. You know, I'm glad, glad, glad you missed the Everton chat. Um, I'm going to stick with two 0 I know what your score. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm gonna, and I'm going to go Salah double. I, I, all the talk, all the, all the talk around him feels like the moment for Salah just to go. This is why I'm here. Two deep bang. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's massive. Please, it's massive that we get something that we is. I think it, I personally think it's important that we win this because yes, I think if we don't. City will get the bit between their teeth and they will just go on a run. They're capable of staying on a run, let's be honest. Our running is difficult. We've got to play a lot of sides who've got a lot to play I mean, so, Yeah, it's going to be tough. We've, uh, before we move off this one, uh, Betmate. Oh, yeah. Betmate. <laughs> we, need to pick a, we need to pick a team. Uh, it's a big one, this one. Tenner to enter this one. £1,000 prize money. Pays out, so you know, no big messing. money. First no prize gets this one first prize three twenty, second prize two hundred quid. Right, come on, big money for Phil there. Game face now, Luke. We're looking at you because me and Kevin have done one together and won money. So game face now. It's all on you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, uh, Gav's gone. No, we say I think we finished fortieth with the one Gav picked. Just, just, just. <laughs> Forty-second. Admittedly, to be fair, well, I think when I picked, we finished even lower. So you know, <laughs> I'm not one to talk. Really. Well, look, the keepers, the keepers are easy. So who do you start? Allison, Allison, or Ellen? you start Allison, yeah. I think okay. Allison. I think he'd be the busier. Okay. Um, I think midfield should be Fabinho and Rodri because I think we've learned now it is interceptions are a big thing. Yeah. Or you, okay. Or, or there is the KDB question. Oh, oh, Phil Phil. Oh, interesting. Phil Foden's there as a midfielder. Mm. I, I'll have Foden because I think he's gonna have a goal. Oh, yeah, you, you've got to be dispassionate when we're doing this. We've got to be if dispassionate. If, if you're being honest, Foden's the one. Foden's the one I, I, of all the City players, he's the one I really worry about all the time. It's like whenever he gets ball, you're like, oh. he's starting to be like that little. Pets that were playing, like when you play against a team, and you're like, it's him. Yeah, yeah, it's him again. 
I don't find him dislikable. It's just that when he gets the ball, you go, oh, no, he's going to be good, isn't he? You just look at him, oh, no. So should we go Fabinho and Foden? Yeah. Or yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll go Fabinho yeah, and Foden. Defenders will be an interesting one. I would have gone for... I would go for Trent and I would go for Cancelo. Oh, careful. It's, we've, we've obviously worked together too long. I had a very similar <laughs> thought myself. Because <laughs> they're, they're very similar style players. They're both very attacking. They're both going to get you assists. Yeah, but they're going to get your chances created. Yeah. Right, attackers. So the attacking players you've got for City, according to Betmates, is Sterling, Jesus, Dilap and Kaki. They're not making choices there, really. Uh, oh. and, the Liverpool's, and Liverpool's front five. Salah's one. Um, for me, I would be looking at Sadio, Jota, and Salah, and I would probably, I would probably put Salah on the bench. Ooh, purely and simple. Look, this is about this is about Felicon. This is about winning money. It is. It is. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I, I, get, I, get, I get what you're saying. I don't think Jota starts. I think no, Salah starts, and I don't think Jota starts. That's the reason. If Bobby Jota. hasn't trained, Bobby's not starting. Uh, Klopp said like every player is available. This was like before training, like this is like after yeah. training photos. You win every player is available. Okay. Yeah. I just think I think Salah and Mane are locks, and then I think it's who who gets the other one because I think if Bobby's out, I think he pulls Mane nine, and I think mm. he throws a Diaz in. Yeah. I feel like Bobby's going to be a impact sub. Okay. Yeah, if we well, if we win, if you, we win, you guys it. pick the forwards. But what I would suggest you do, because you can make changes on this right up until kickoff. You can remind me, Kev, and I'll do it. Yeah. So we'll put Salomani <laughs> as a start. I'll have Jot on the bench. So that's one, two, three. So well, one, two, three, four, five. That's our six Liverpool players. Then we could have two two City players on the bench, which is a defender and a midfielder. Um, Kevin Stan. De Bruyne, I assume, would be the midfielder. Yeah. And then defender wise, who do you want from City? Stones. He always seems to have a good game against us. Just keep him around. Yeah, 19. John Stones in. I would have gone for the other fella, but Laporte. I would have gone for Laporte because Pep has been able to play Laporte at left back and play Cancelo at right back before. And Laporte, actually, I agree with Laporte because also Laporte's got goals in him. I touch what, look, I hope he's not against Laporte, but if we're being yeah. unbiased. He's yeah. more of a yeah. threat. Yeah. He's yeah. more of a threat from set pieces than John Stones. John Stones is capable from corners. Yeah. Right. Captain and vice captain. I'll open it now. I don't want Salah. Uh, uh, if this bites me in the arse, I'll happily take it by that. Well, if it bites think, you in the I, arse, mate, we've got three points. So I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I don't think Salah's your captain. And I said I captain Salah all the time, but this is one I'm going. Mm. So who do you um, think? I mean, it's defaulted to Fabinho and Foden as captain and vice-captain, but I'm not saying we have to stick with that. No, I would have gone with Sadio and as... maybe Trent as vice-captain. Okay. Do you agree, Luke? Yeah. Okay. I think Trent, Trent has always got an assist in him, and I I firmly believe we're going to get a clean sheet. So you got the clean sheet points and the set-piece options... And Sadio to me looks like he's he's in he's in good form. He's he's come yeah. back from the World Cup qualifiers full of Shut beans. Up. Yeah. 
Cool. So just confirm that the team is Allison, Vice Captain Trent, Cancelo, Fabinho and Foden, Salah, Manny as captain, Benches, Edison, Laporte, De Bruyne, Jota. Happy days. Lock yep. that in. And then Kev, if one of them doesn't start, you'll you'll tell me and I'll change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, quick switch of tack to UFC 273, Lou. Yes. Huge. It's a big card. Two, it's a big, a big double main event. Yeah. Big double main um, event. Good fights on the card. We've got the featherweight champion Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. Uh, was meant to be Max Holloway trilogy fight, but Max pulled out. Um, said that he'd be the backup, so apparently he's weighed in. Um, so that's going to be a great one. I don't expect there any shocks in the in that title fight. Um, we've got the unification of the bantamweight division between Aljamain Sterling, um, just came back from neck surgery, and his Oscar-winning performance in his last fight um, against Piotr Jan. Um, which I think is going to be a great fight, but I think uh, Piotr Jan's going to walk out with the gold. And then we've got yeah. the hype train, Hamza versus Gilbert Burns. He's definitely getting that the rocket strapped in because if he built, if he beats Gilbert Burns, Dane has basically said if he beats Burns, then he's going to book him versus Colby for the number one contender. Wow. So this is a big te- test for him. Um, I said on the on the Sanderson show with Callum and Ben, I, I'm not digging the partnership between Hamza and Darren Till. I'm, uh, I'm just not digging it. It just seems too playful, too much messing about where it should be business. Now, yeah. like this is like fight week and I'm seeing videos of them messing about, which isn't exactly what you should be cool. doing against a guy who could easily knock you out, submit you. So it's you- going to be an interesting... You've done a big, yeah. You've done a big in-depth review, and it's on your Twitter feed. Where can people find that? Uh, so me and Callum did one on Let's Talk Sport, which, which went out today. But also, we did one on the Sanderson Show with myself, Callum, and a MMA uh, podcaster called Ben Keeley. So make sure to check that out on the Sanderson Show as well so if you check out on your twitter feed the links are in there and you yes. can search the sanderson show on youtube and the shows are in there it goes i mean the the guys do massive in-depth on the whole card and discuss the fights for and you will come away a fan or you will come yeah. away very educated on the fight and you will it will be a great card it'll definitely be worth worth staying oh, yeah. up for you know, oh, yeah, are you doing? Are you do? Are you are you working overnight? Of course, of course, it's a what. So we've got to watch um, along as well. Callum jokingly said, uh, "The prelims look pretty good, so we might be doing one from the very beginning." But I'm not too sure. I'll have to double check. But if we're not doing the prelims, we'll definitely be on from three a.m. Oh my! I might just jump in. I might just jump into the chat there just to watch you too. <laughs> um, I mean, overnight you've got the Australian Formula One. I haven't seen Heidner here of what's going on apart from the times. Did from... you just go round and round, Kev? It's yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what they do. The way this season is panning out, it's two horse race. Uh, Ferrari and Red Bull are streets ahead of everyone else. McLaren look like they've gone pretty well today, but 
It's, I think, Australia, it's got, it might be an 8 a.m. start on Sunday morning. Um, but it's usually a good race. Australia is a good circuit. Um, so it'll, it'll be, it'll be worth keeping an eye on how the race goes. But I think if you got Ferrari, Red Bull dominating this race, they're going to be dominating Formula One up until Silverstone. They're, they're just way out in front of everyone else. The problem Mercedes have at the minute is there was a ma- there's been a massive brain drain at Mercedes over the last two years, and it looks like it's um, catching up with them now because they're just nowhere near it. You know, when you look at what Hamilton was able to do last year with the car that was under him, the pace that he had this year, they're just nowhere near. I've never seen a I haven't seen a drop off like this in a Formula One season by a team since Ferrari did. All those, all those years ago, and you got a Grand National tomorrow as well. Look, I got very little interest in the Grand National, but guaranteed going to watch it. I think half the field are Irish, and they locked out the top four places last year. So, you know, if you're if you're if you have inklings, be careful with what you're betting, and best to look to you when you're. Uh, Spending do, your winnings tomorrow night. <laughs> I'll just do my tactic. Which name sounds funny, or which which shirt do you like the look of? <laughs> Never fails. Um, apart from that, you've got the Masters. will be finishing up Sunday night. Sunday sport is mental. You know, catch up mm-hmm. in the UFC after Formula One. You've got then you've got football, football, golf. Way to wind out your day. It's going to be I'm having a great Sunday. Crazy. I'm having a great yeah, Sunday. Uh, just to address bonkers. Um, yeah, we, we've entered the free pot. Uh, we put it in our Telegram poll, and Conrad in the Telegram group has picked the team. So that's also live as well. Um, so we've, we have got a team in that as well. So yeah. I think you can win about 20 quid on that. So, you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Anything will, anything will do. And look, give it a go. The link is in there. If you're based in the UK, it's UK-based only. Uh, just It's a free pot for tomorrow. You'll get the feel of it. And if you like it, and if you want to put money in, just do so gamble responsibly as you know common sense just dictates right good. we're all good that's okay. pretty much all we're going to talk about tonight, i think can we talk about last sunday oh shit yeah you were away in bristol last weekend but yeah i was i was i was i was i was having heart palpitations and all sorts it was <laughs> <laughs> what an achievement mate what an achievement uh, um, taking my daughter to that was uh, an experience and a half i must admit yeah um, so they went one nil up really early. Well happy. It's like great. <laughs> one nil up. Relax. Ten seconds after going one nil up, it's one one. Where a girl spoons across and it, it lobs the keeper. You're like, oh, you're, oh it was man. like that. It was, it was one of them. It was, it was like Kincheski in the in the um, in the FA Cup. As soon as you hit it, you went, oh, that's going in. And she doesn't mean it. Oh no. But we might get ourselves two one up uh, for another cross by Megan Campbell. By the way. If you haven't seen Megan Campbell, great fullback. Her throw-ins are absolutely unreal. I haven't seen a throw-in like that since Dave Challoner. Yeah, it's better than Dave Challoner. She, she puts it on the penalty spot. She puts it in that deep. Oh, it's, it's a just... mental technique that she's got. Because it's all technique. Well, you it's say it's all, all technique. technique. We've interviewed, I've chatted to her, I said, how would you throw it that far? She goes, I just, I just can. That's... That was it. That was her answer. I just can. I said, did you do any special training? For you? No, I've just always been able to throw it really far but it's not just lob it in it's low and it's accurate it's undefendable 
It's, yeah. If you yeah. get it right, it is so difficult. You've seen it in the men's game. It's when you've got big six foot three, six foot four center backs trying to get ahead on a ball, you can't clear it far enough. So that's why the yeah. long throw is so dangerous. And it's in the women's game more so because you don't have the height. No, no. You, know, you don't no. have the height to clear it. So it's a massive weapon. I saw it. I was like, wow. Yeah, I, couldn't I, get, I, I couldn't believe it. Well, she helped set up the uh, the third, so it made it three one. And li- listen, it went off. They uh, they ran to the corner. Everyone went off. That you thought that's it. Game up. Go it up. Three yeah. one up. Made up. All you needed was a point anyway. All you so. need. All we needed was a point. So I didn't really care. Uh, and they made it three two. And I think all my dark faith came into. It. And I, I I think Philip Oswald, who does the shows, was could just see like it all drain out of me. So must be <laughs> Missy Bow's winner was brilliant to make it four two. That was it. Then it was the last five minutes were just bedlam of just yeah. singing joy. I mean, it was a record crowd for Brist, uh, for a championship game with five thousand seven hundred people there. Big crowd. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool women took two coaches plus quite a few travelled. So we must have had close to one hundred and fifty fans, two hundred fans there. So yeah, it's a big tur- big turnout. Really it loud. Nice ground as well. Lovely it ground. Is a, it is really, a lovely really ground. Really, nice, yeah. nice modern ground. It's lovely. Really, really now good. Now that it's all been redeveloped, it's Ashton Gate has changed oh, measurably since I went since I used to go there. Yeah, it's a great and, it's, a, it's a really good ground. Can't yeah. can't fault it at all. So yeah, and then what was really good about it, I mean, it's the first time I've seen Liverpool women win win anything. Because I, I so you know, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, I was quite teary, quite emotional, but it was really cool that I got to see it with my daughter. But there were loads of kids there, young yeah. kids and boys and girls, all with like women's names on the back of the shirts. You know, and it was quite nice to actually experience that with the players. You know, cause, you know, following Liverpool win has been a lot of lows. It hasn't it hasn't always been a barrel of laughs. You know, so this was actually nice to have a feel good moment, a really positive, feel, a nice feel about the club. Just think everything's going in the right direction. You just hope now that for next season they're able to really you build on, on it. On. Yeah, they have yeah. to. Neil Axon rightly points out a big thing that's helped Liverpool women this year is their superior fitness. They are naturally fitter and stronger than everybody else in that league, plus their ability. Yeah. You, 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 when you go to the WSL, that fitness edge is kind of lost because everyone in WSL is Yeah, it's fully pro. It's... it's really hard. So I'll be intrigued to see what the ads were. I'd like him to keep most of that squad together. I think it's tweaks. I think it's like, three quality players you add to it. I don't think you need to go wholesale changes. I'd like to think so. Is it a case that they moved their training to the AXA Centre? And no, is that on no, the cards? or No, at all. Uh, the last we heard was, it'll, they'll, they'll probably definitely be at Tramia next year, uh, but they've got, a, uh, they've got a potential site they're looking at now, uh, which is going to be, if they get get site and it all comes right, it'll be a purpose-built women's training facility. Okay, that's what that's what they're looking to. So they're probably. Was, I'll, I'll say they're still going to be a tramway. Sadly, they're not. I was half hoping accident. that Liverpool would turn around and bring the women's teams into the access centre, but also maybe build along the lines. And, and look, credit to Manchester yes, the, City the, yeah, around the centre. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. That though, because uh, and this is not to take Man United out, but we have heard stories of Man United women who could use Carrington. Mm-hmm. But it's very set times where they could use it. Basically, when the men's teams weren't there, they could use it. And it actually wasn't actually their own. 
Yeah, where, but Carrington in a, in a is a twenty-five years, thirty years. Which I mean, it's their that's their big thing. That's their big training center. Yeah. So I think the thought is, if the women have their own training center, we basically you could run the the team how you want to run it. That's where we're going. And hopefully, some people are going to get a ground. Hopefully, yeah. next year we might see might see a couple of games at Anfield. That's the, that, yeah, that's I think that will definitely happen. There's the one thing with WSL the get the derby at Anfield or the United game at Anfield. You know the city game at Anfield. You'll get crowd. You'll get big crowds for that. When you saw what Barcelona did with Barcelona uh, in the Champions League, and they filled out the new camp. You know, it the the money is being invested in WSL. The TV exposure that it brings is huge. Yeah, you know, there is live games. BBC are going to be more involved in live football, and. You could basically see every women's game you want to see because they're, if they're not on BBC, they're on Sky. If not on BBC or Sky, they're on the the free streaming YouTube app, the FA the FA Player, which yeah. is a free app you get in your phone or iPad or whatever you want to watch it on. So basically, which is more difficult championship because they only show one live game. You can pretty much watch every game, so you've got no excuse. You can, which means there's more exposed, more eyes, and it's it's probably easier yeah. to attract newer fans as well, or we've, just basically keep people's interest. We have two more games left this season for the LFC women. Yeah, so they've got 24th of April, last home game of the season against Sheffield United, two days after my daughter's birthday. Uh, nice. That's the trophy lift. Brilliant. And it's, so that is potentially, so actually, that is going to be a great Sunday because it's, Liverpool women will lift a trophy. I'll be in the pub getting excited and drunk after the game. And then it's a derby. <laughs> and so you know, I can't, oh, you know I can't, it could be a what I was going to ask I'll you. Be, I'll be in some state that Sunday. I must admit, <laughs> is there is there a women's tournament this summer? Yes, the, uh, yes, the, the, the women's, women's Euros yeah. is in England. And do we have players going away for that? Uh, yes, we've got Rachel Finesse, who is Northern Ireland's all-time leading goalscorer. She is going away with Northern Ireland. Uh, Wales didn't qualify, sadly. Uh, Scotland didn't qualify. England did qualify, but I don't think any English girls will get selected because there's quite an array yeah, yeah, in yeah. WSL. Um, I believe Belgium may have qualified. So if that's the case, uh, Jan Daniels would get a run out for them as well. And yeah, so there's, there's couple, quite a lot of our squad are in England under 23 setup or the younger the younger age, Missy Bill Kearns, Taylor Hines, they're in the, the, the younger age category as well, which helps. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, so... It's got to be a few. So, so yeah. the future is looking absolutely as rosy as it's going to get. I mean, some of the, the if on the channel on LSE Day Trippers, if you go through some of the interviews that Chris has done throughout the season for the LSE women, it it you can follow the trajectory of the club through the interviews that Chris has done, and it has not been easy. You can see how stressed I get. Yeah, but it. <laughs> It is funny, but it's funny, funny. it hasn't been easy for him. And the way that Matt Beard has built this side and reconstructed it from when he came in and mm. set everything up to ultimately finish the season as champions with two games to go, it's a phenomenal achievement. Yeah, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit, you know, because he took, you know, he's a WSL level manager. He is. You know, he's won league titles for Liverpool. He's done really well in America. He did really well at West Ham. Got them to the first ever FA Cup final. So he took the risk of he'll drop down a division for a year. And the pressure was there because everyone's natural reaction was, well, if Matt Beard's coming down, we're going up this year because he's yeah. not staying in the championship. Not, yeah. So the natural pressure hit it was there, isn't it? And he was very, unlike me, 
<laughs> naturally calm all the way through it. It didn't get really low when it was a slow start, but didn't get overexcited when we were like, I mean, we've basically gone 19 games undefeated in the league. We've literally only lost the first game of the season. That's it. So it's been really good. And keep your eyes peeled. Um, friend of the show, uh, BBC's Emma Sanders. I'm hopefully doing a recording with her tomorrow. We'll just, just do a bit of a chat about promotion and how 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 things are, how things are looking for the future. Emma's really good. Uh, yeah. If you you know, and uh, the articles she writes on WSL and football in general uh, are really good. So they're, they're well worth a read. So keep keep your eyes peeled on those occasions. We'll, we'll hopefully have that out Sunday or Monday this week. Hopefully, brilliant. So cool. But other than that, Liverpool are going to smash it, and we're all going to be sorted. Happy days. And I'll, be, I'll be slightly less stressed. <laughs> Luke, where can people find you this weekend, mate? Because you're going to be a busy boy, I have a feeling. Uh, yes. So tomorrow night slash Sunday early morning, I'll be on the Sanderson show with Callum for UFC 273. And then I my, think my I'll beta. be on the day trippers after the City Liverpool game. With me? Post match with Chris. So hopefully <laughs> Liverpool pick up the three points. Otherwise, he's going to deal with me. Well, you got, you got to deal with me either way. So hopefully, dealing with me after the win's a bit easier, yeah. to be honest. So yeah. I'm going to be enjoying. I'm going to be enjoying watching this and seeing how you guys react but, to. Well, Actually, do you know what? No, because it's going to be a positive result. You guys will be bouncing off the walls. Yeah, and you won't get off until we come on a ten. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I might not sober up to be honest. So you know, days. <laughs> right, guys. Listen, <laughs> thanks very much for everyone who's watched. Um, really enjoyed this and. Well, look, we'll see you. Well, look, we've got loads of shows on next week, but us three will definitely be back next Friday. So until then, guys, take care of yourselves. Sports Social Podcast Network.